This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 40, House Equity, The Money in the Walls. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. If you were looking for a way to do some sacred cow tipping, you have come to the right place. We're going to be tipping cow, sacred cows all over the place here. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Willis, and in the studio with me today is the wonderful co-host, Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Hello, everyone. All right. We have uh, we just finished last week's episode. We've learned a lot about how financial infotainers are telling us to pay off our mortgage, you know, faster than uh, we possibly and humanly possibly can. Uh, so we learned a lot about how a home is a terrible investment, even if it's a great place to call a home. Uh, even if even if uh, if I could say so, if I could be so bold, I would say it's not even an asset; it's a liability. Some people have really kind of pressed me on that. And, and our definition of what we're saying when we say an asset is, okay, so the definition of an asset in this uh, circumstance is something that puts money in your pocket at the end of every single month. Something that puts money in your pocket at the end of every single month. So is your home an asset? Well, no. It doesn't put money in my pocket at the end of every single month. On the contrast, a liability, the definition of a liability here, is something that takes money out of your pocket at the end of every single month. Well, that sounds a lot more like my personal home, mm-hmm. right? So my investment properties, maybe those are assets. But in, unless I've got, you know, 17 people living in my house paying me rent, I'm going to call <laughs> that a liability for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah. yeah, Holly, tell us about that. Okay, so our home is a liability, okay? But even with that, we still have to live somewhere, right? Okay. Right. So what would you say are some smart, not your average, since, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we share here, mm-hmm. not not mm-hmm. average advice. Uh, what would be some not your average ways of using home equity to your advantage? Yeah, if you've already, if you're walking into this episode and you already have a lot of money trapped in the walls of your house, as we say, and maybe you listened to last week's episode and you're convinced from our last episode that maybe there's some better places to keep your cash. Here's some ways you could use it to your advantage. Okay, so one idea is what they call a home equity line of credit. Now, a lot of people uh, are familiar with home equity lines of credit or called HELOCs as they're called. It's a line of credit that ex- that's extended to the homeowner, you and me, that uses the borrower's home, our home, as collateral. Borrowers are pre-approved for a certain spending limit by banks. Based on that household income, based on your credit score, you can draw on that limit at your discretion. Uh, You could literally have an account. Let's say you have a HELOC of $10,000, and you could just click transfer funds to my bank account, and boom, it's in your bank account. Now, the bank is going to obviously want to not do this for free, so they are going to charge an interest at some sort of predetermined rate. Usually, it's a variable rate. And usually that's based on prime rates and a little plus or minus there above the prime. So uh, once there is a balance owing on the loan, the homeowner usually has to set up some sort of repayment schedule. As long as the interest is paid, the bank is typically happy. So you can have a minimal repayment schedule. And the term on a HELOC can be anything from five years to 20 to beyond. Interest only HELOCs are a thing now again, unfortunately. 
at the end of <laughs> at the end of which the entire balance, so the ten grand if that's your HELOC balance or thirty thousand or whatever, must be paid in full. So you only pay interest on what you actually borrow. Okay, so that's kind of nice. You only pay interest when you need it, and there's no closing costs. You can just simply click transfer, so to speak, and it goes right into your to your regular checking account to spend on home repairs or whatever you might need the money for. You can also borrow up to $100,000 if you're married filing jointly or $50,000 if you're married filed separately. And you can deduct that HELOC interest off your income taxes. So all those things sound pretty nice, Mm -hmm. right? On the surface, it really does. It sounds like a great deal. Uh, It turns your illiquid asset of a home into a piggy bank where you can just pull some money out, uh, any amount of equity that you need for just about any reason, right? Just like bank on yourself, if you've been listening to our, our other episodes. You can access money from your policy for any reason. You can do the same with a HELOC. The home itself keeps growing, right? If you've got a $200,000 house and you have a $30,000 HELOC and you borrow thirty grand to spend on Disney World or whatever, your home is still growing on the mm-hmm. full 200000 as if you hadn't taken that HELOC out, right? Just like a bank on yourself policy. What? <laughs> <laughs> and the interest on... Um, on the interest on the HELOC can actually be tax deductible, which is unlike bank on yourself. So lo- policy loan interest is not something that's typically deducted on our income tax returns with the policy. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. How do I sign up for that thing? Right. Okay. So so this sounds better. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Well, and it's it's not bad. I mean, there's some real benefit there. Uh, There are some, of course, gotchas you got to keep in mind. It is a variable rate compound interest loan. And that interest is paid to who? To the bank. All right. So we're back in their pocket, basically. So it does sound like a bank on yourself loan, except the bank on yourself policies are typically loan interest paid simply all, all year long on a policy loan, whereas it's compounded usually on a daily rate with a bank HELOC. So that home, by the way, This is not just a small fact, but the home itself is not guaranteed to grow in value every single year, whereas maybe your policy certainly would would be. Mm -hmm. So those are some, some, I think, significantly key differences uh, between the HELOC strategy and a bank on yourself policy. What are your thoughts on that, Holly, and anything else you'd like to share on HELOCs? Yeah, so I guess, you know, like what you were saying, you know, at first it would, you could take out the loan, your home value can increase, but it's not guaranteed to. Right. So there's the option or the possibility for your home value to increase right. even with money you've taken out. But there's an equal opportunity potentially for it to fall in value also, which could put you in a worse position depending upon how you know, right. how large that is. So it may, it may be able to act similarly, but not, not nearly as safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you cannot go underwater in a life insurance policy. Yeah. They simply. <laughs> they won't let you. <laughs> that's right. I mean, the worst that would happen is the policy lapses, the loan is forgiven, and you lose the life insurance coverage and you mm-hmm. walk away free and clear, assuming there were no gains. I and mean, no hits to your credit score. Right. Yeah. Too. Well I said. Mean, for what that's worth. Yeah, that's right. Um, and another thing to keep in mind with the HELOCs is that they, these are usually callable loans also, um, meaning, you know, what does that mean? That the bank, in theory, can change the terms of the loan at a moment's notice, right. or they can even cancel your line of credit. And actually, for those of you that, you know, maybe were, you know, heard a lot of buzz about this back with the last um, Great Recession, you know, 2000, 2007, 2000, 
2008, 2009, that was something that was happening. If you heard people making comments about how, oh, they, f- they froze my line of credit or they eliminated my line of credit, that's what most people were referring to. The fact that the banks um, literally took everyone's you know home equity lines of credit that they had established and said, you can no longer get access to any of this. We're not going to give you a penny more. Um, and for a lot of people, that was a problem for people that were banking on that money for, right. I mean, whatever they may have had in mind. Um, and so that's, you know, certainly one inherent risk in having a HELOC versus other other things. And so really, if, you know, if you're halfway through a renovation project and you were planning on using that HELOC to uh, finish your project, you were kind of taking from it as needed. Like you said, it can be super easy, just like click, transfer money, you know, you can take as needed. Why pay interest on money you don't need? So just take it as you're working on the, um, you know, as you're working on the project. And so if you're halfway through that project, all of a sudden bank calls you up and says, you know, we're canceling your line of credit. Well, you might be left with a hole in the wall, (laughs) (laughs) you know, that that can't get filled, (laughs) you know, Um, or you're going to have to cough it up some other way. You know, maybe that means you're going to have to go to a credit card, which we're talking astronomical interest rates there. Mm. Um, And so, again, you know, an an inherent risk of that. Um, And really, you know, when are most people going to need access to capital? Well, when do they need access to capital? During a crisis, typically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when are banks most likely going to reduce or cancel your HELOC and take away the access to that capital? Same time during a crisis. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we're back in their, uh, you know, in their pocket at that point. Well, we're we're back down on our hands and knees begging right. them for money. Wow. You yeah. know, which mm-hmm. is exactly what we're trying to avoid <laughs> mm-hmm. in our yeah. financial lives. You know, because that's when they know that they have us. You know, by mm-hmm. by the hook or whatever. Yep. You know, and that's when they can charge us those astronomical rates and kind of get away with murder and in a lot of. A lot of times they do Mm -hmm. (laughs) with people. Um, But Mark, you had a particular strategy in regards to HELOCs uh, that you wanted to share. So what was that strategy? This is one that's been popular. I've heard it among clients or um, people who've just been introduced to our strategy. They're like, well, we're doing something similar with our HELOC. So I wanted to talk that through. And it's a very popular strategy that is able to use the HELOC to pay off your normal mortgage faster. So walk with me through this. It does take a few steps, and it took me a few uh, times going around before I understood it from some of our clients. But basically, you use your entire paycheck to put toward your normal mortgage. So if you make 5000 bucks this month, you're going to write a check to the normal mortgage for $5,000. What do you live on in that case? Well, uh, you also need a credit card uh, with free money, let's say, uh, 0% interest or something, for 45 days to buy your groceries on the months you're going to put your entire paycheck toward the mortgage. Next, and I'm not recommending this, I'm just explaining it right now, dispassionately, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you add a HELOC to your home, okay? Preferably one with a debit card attached to it. And at the end of the credit card grace period, you transfer the entire credit card balance to the HELOC, okay? With your next paycheck, you're going to write the check toward the HELOC balance instead of the normal mortgage. All right, so the next paycheck after the one that pays off the HELOC, once that's gone, you do it all over again to your normal mortgage. Okay, okay, okay. Slow down. (laughs) So we're essentially going to be bouncing back and forth. One month we pay the mortgage, one month we pay the The HELOC. HELOC, and we're paying our entire paycheck. Yeah. Okay, Mm -hmm. so as we're paying our entire paycheck... 
to towards that, we're putting our living expenses essentially on on the HELOC. On a credit card that goes in then to the HELOC. Yep. So a and correct me if I'm wrong, a critical part of this strategy is going to be living within yeah. your means. Oh, you have to. Yeah, tremendously below your means. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're talking thousands of dollars a month at least to help make this work. So, but you can't be you cannot be spending more than the five thousand you're earning. Right. Or this mm-hmm. whole thing collapses. That's right. Right. Yeah. Any okay. month over a period of 10, 12 years, as long as this process might take you. Okay. You can't have any kind of like medical emergency. You can't decide to go <laughs> on a trip. Yeah, I mean, you must force yourself to buck up. If you break your arm, you better show up to work tomorrow and, and keep working because that's, that's the kind of uh, discipline it's going to take. If you deviate yeah. from the strategy, you'll be left holding a mortgage, a HELOC, and a big credit card balance to boot. So that's that's that strategy. I have yet to see it actually work. Maybe there is some titan out there, some sort of unicorn that can manage that. But it, it takes the steel grit of a, uh, you know, I think just a machine to make that happen. Okay. So what happens if I want to start a business or I do have a medical bill come up or I, you know, end up wanting to, you know, use some money to take care of family for any reason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's legitimate questions. HELOCs, credit cards are all variable rate loans. Now we're in a rising interest rate environment. So this could also spell some major trouble. You know, your expenses start to rise. And in the middle of all this, um, the HELOC could be frozen by the bank. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. And so then you're, you know, how is that going to affect these other debts we have going on being our credit card debt, the HELOC debt and our mortgage debt? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the metaphor I use here is would you go under the knife for a kidney surgery knowing that at any moment the surgeon could be called away to another surgery, leaving you with only a few operating room assistants to finish the job? You know, if your mortgage (laughs) is callable or your surgeon is callable, isn't that the same thing? So I I just tr- I find that to be tremendously risky. I'm not a big fan of that strategy for those reasons. Okay, so, so maybe what what could we do instead then? If I mean it has I see it has merits in that yeah. it's going to be helping people pay off their mortgages way faster. I mean, Mark, do you happen to know like how quickly using this strategy is it theoretically yeah. Ten planning years, out on yeah. paper that mm-hmm. people get these mortgages paid off? Eight to fifteen years instead uh, of, of a thirty, 30 years, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So cutting your mortgage payments in half is the okay. idea. Yep. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so then, what could people do instead that might give them similar results without all the right? With all, yeah. Without all the pain. Well, to keep it brief, I mean, again, we've talked about why you might not want to pay off your mortgage in general. Uh, yep. But if your goal is to pay off your home, you could use the bank on yourself policy as a sinking fund. Uh, which maybe we should do a toolbox episode on that someday, Holly. But mm-hmm. um, uh, but there's a guaranteed line of credit with your policy. It's guaranteed. It's written right into your contract. You have first rights to borrow against the limits of your cash value, whatever that is. And by the way, that limit is growing every year. It's a guaranteed annual cash value increase every year. So the company, the insurance company, is not able. They're, they cannot rescind your cash value. You always have that money to borrow for any reason, including... Da, 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 paying off your mortgage. You can use that money, plow as much as, as cash as you can into the policy. Rather than using a credit card or a HELOC to do so, you could just plow as much as you could into the policy. And once a year or all at once, if you'd rather, take a loan from your policy to pay advance payments on your mortgage. That reduces that interest paid on your home. And then you can just simply repay your policy loan all year long rather than balancing between this HELOC and credit card nonsense. Mm -hmm. You can typically pay off your 30-year home mortgage in about the same period of time, 10 to 12 years, just using that strategy. 
So we're talking HELOC strategy is going to be using credit cards with high interest rates, compound interest, variable interest yeah. rates in the case of the HELOC, high interest rates in the case of the credit card potentially, yep. you know, if you're not able to get a 0%. Um, you're using three banks with this strategy, you know, the credit card, <laughs> the HELOC, and the normal mortgage, like the three stooges. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Whereas... You know, the the bank on yourself version gets us into a simple interest loan with only one company or or one Mm -hmm. thing to worry about, and you're the one calling the shots. Right. You're the one in control. Mm -hmm. Flexibility on the funding, everything. Yep. So that functions exactly like that HELOC strategy, except you're the one and you've got that cash value growing on a guaranteed basis every year. And there's no restrictions on your cash value. Banks can call your HELOC, leaving you without the cash that you thought you could use right? You you know that surgeon is going to be there for your whole life. Sorry, forgive the pun there. <laughs> okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, and so that's kind of the, the HELOC strategy and how HELOCs can be used to strategically, um, I guess, kind of utilize the capital inside your home. And another popular strategy out there or way to kind of utilize your home equity wisely um, is a refinance. So essentially refinancing is, you know, you you find a new lender to pay off your old mortgage balance in exchange for a new mortgage under new terms. Better terms, hopefully, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. new terms, hopefully, ideally better terms. Otherwise, what's the point of right. doing it in the first place? Um, and typically, you know, people are looking to do to get a lower rate um, is why they're refinancing. And actually, sometimes your current lender will actually even do the refinance for you. So you're not having to use someone else. You can just simply refinance with the same company. Um, And essentially, there are two types of refinancing. There uh, is rate and term refinance. And then there's also another version called a cash out refinance. So a rate slash term refinance doesn't involve money changing hands really at all, other than the costs associated with closing. And then, of course, the transferring of the mortgage from one company to another. Uh, Whereas with a cash out refinance, kind of as the name indicates, you get some cash back. You're cashing out a portion of your equity um, in, in that case. And then you're, so you're taking the equity from your home in the form of cash. And one good use of that cash is to pay off other debts. It could be credit cards, student loans, medical bills, and the like. I actually have come across a number of individuals that have done this to pay off credit cards. You know, they're looking at credit cards that are, you know, tw- in the 20, 30 percent, but they're, um, they could, you know, their mortgage is only 5 percent. Well, I'll take that any yeah, day, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can, if you can kind of restructure it that way. Yeah. So, I mean, and think about it this way too. What better time than now to consider this idea, right, Holly? I mean, mm-hmm. where are we right now with home values? Home values are high. Well, yeah. they're getting there. <laughs> yeah, they're higher than they were ten years ago. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Seven, eight years ago, especially. Yep. I mean, would you rather pay off your house in cash and cash in your chips? Or pay off your house and leave the money riding the real estate market only to have it drop in value when you're least expecting it. Mm-hmm. That's one of our things we find with folks that keep money in the house. Yeah, lock in, or lock in those paper profits like yeah. we were talking about last episode. Yep, take some money off the table and put it somewhere where you can, can absolutely guarantee that it will be uh, growing for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as you look at the last 15 years or whatever, do you think house prices will only go up? Holly, you're... You know, um, you've got years to go, let's say, before uh, you need to, say, live off the house value. Um, Do you think, uh, and listeners, I'm curious for your thoughts too, do you think that the home value in your home and all of our real estate across this country will only and forever always go up for the rest of our lives? 
I would have to disagree okay. with that statement. <laughs> I mean, if there's going to be another real estate market dip, siphoning home value into something else besides your real estate seems to make a lot of sense, which is where that cash out refinance comes in. Uh, so, you know, tell us a bit about, we, we can certainly talk for a few moments here now, if you want, Holly, about uh, cash out equity harvesting. We do a, uh, one of our favorite strategies we use with real estate investors uh, that are clients of ours is called equity harvesting. So uh, let's do this. Let's just do a little case study here. Imagine for a moment that you're a real estate investor. All right. And you've got four homes. Each home is worth $100,000. Okay. And let's say that these four homes are appreciating in value at, let's just say, 3% a year, which is the last 40-year average. That means that they're overall, they're giving you an appreciated value of $12,000 a year. Make sense so far? All four combined? All four combined. Okay. Yep. After five years, five years, you do a cash out refinance on these properties and get a check in the mail for $60,000, 12 times five years, right? Okay. Yep. That also locks in your gains in case those properties fall in value in the market, wherever they are. All right. So we'll take that $60,000 check and we'll put it into a bank on yourself policy and we'll immediately borrow it out. We're talking a week, two weeks later, we're able to borrow that money out and purchase our fifth property. Cool. All right, so that fifth property, let's say it's valued at $50,000. All right, the other four properties are still yours. You still control it. They're still whatever, they're still appreciating. We're not even counting renters or anything. We're just saying the appreciation on the equity. All right, so the four properties now total $460,000 after mm -hmm. the five years, and they're growing still at 3% a year. And now your property appreciation isn't just, you know, $13,200, which would be what they would grow at at the $460,000 value. But now you've got that nice, juicy fifth property. And it too is also appreciating at 3%. So that's another $1,500 on your fifth property. Okay, so we're up to $14,700. Yep. 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 Exactly. Plus, you get that nice growth inside the life insurance at the same time. So we did from four properties, we went from four properties to six appreciating assets in one move, mm. right? We got our fifth property and we have the growth inside the policy at the same time. Let's say that the internal rate of return is 5.15%. Uh, that would mean that you're earning about $2,575 a year in the policy. Add that to the money you just mentioned, Holly, and that's a grand total of 17875 a year in growth. Which would you rather have? $13,200 a year from the four properties with a bunch of equity trapped in their walls or $17,875 a year? I'll take the extra $4,000. Yeah. Every, every nice day vacation. of the week. Yeah, <laughs> every day of the week. It's an easy choice. You just increased your cash on cash return without any additional market risk. Not bad. I mean, we could stop right there. Uh, and that would give folks enough, if they're savvy investors, that would give them enough for a busy lifetime uh, of building massive wealth in ways that don't put a bunch of undue risk on their portfolios, keep you guys, our listeners, in control of your equity that you've built up in your properties. But there's one more strategy we'd be, I think, truly remiss if we didn't at least mention. And, uh, you know, so, you know, first we want to say, I think there's some tremendous insights here. Uh, and we want to make sure that you guys know that as uh, as advisors, we uh, bring in partners on, on occasion who are experts in this field. Uh, folks that we work with every day is primary residential mortgage. And specifically, Tim Four is one of our best guys that we work with 
on some of these strategies. Holly, tell us a little bit about one of the strategies that we've used him for in, in primary residential for. Well, certainly refinancing. Um, yeah. He's helped me with a number of cases for clients when we're looking to do cash out refinances, like you just mentioned. Um, but another one that's actually becoming, I would say, maybe a little more well-known, a little more common, um, is the reverse mortgage. Um, and so maybe you guys have heard things about reverse mortgages. Um, you know, Maybe you have some sort of impression of those or how those work. Um, but just for those of you that maybe, you know, don't. Um, let's just say that you have you know, been a diligent, dutiful mortgage payer for most of your life, and now you have this significant equity um, you know, built up in your home and you're nearing retirement. Um, and so it might actually be the place that you've been keeping the majority of your net worth. Um, and, but you don't like the idea of continuing your mortgage payment into your retirement. So what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're in that situation, you've kind of caught yourself between two things here. You don't want the mortgage payment, but you need that money out of the house so you can live on it, right, in retirement. Uh, so, you know, it's important to ask yourself an, a very important question, and that is, which is more important to you, to have your home paid off or to never have a mortgage payment again in your life? Seems like a strange question, right? Seems like, you know, let me, let me just say it again. Which is more important to you, to have your home paid off or to never have a mortgage payment again in your life? Most people really can't hear the difference in those two options. But, you know, there is a clear distinction. One is about owning and the other is about control and cash flow. And one thing I've noticed over the years of working with clients is the wealthiest clients seem to understand that the best way to handle finances is to own nothing and control everything. That's, <laughs> that's why the, the wealthy have trusts that own basically everything in their lives. It's the same concept there. Okay, so what if I were to tell you, our listeners, that there was a way that you could have the bank pay you to live in your home rather than the other way around? And so not only is that actually possible, but it can actually provide tremendous opportunity for your financial peace of mind in those years and during your retirement years. And that is through a modernized and federally insured reversed mor reverse mortgage or called a HECM, a HECM loan. <laughs> yeah, H-E-C-M. They, they love their acronyms there at the, at, at the government, right? Here's just another example of how Not Your Average Financial Podcast is going off the rails of mainstream financial wisdom. Holly. Doesn't everybody know that reverse mortgages are relegated to late-night infomercials designed to hoodwink American seniors? Yeah, swindle. You know, swindlers, man. The yeah. swindlers are out there trying to get seniors to do uh, reverse mortgages, um, but not necessarily anymore. I mean, from professors to economists to journalists of Forbes and Wall Street Journal and more, I mean, all these people are actually starting to get on the bandwagon saying that, you know, under cer in certain circumstances, a reverse mortgage can actually make perfect sense. All right. So what is a reverse mortgage? Tell us everything. A reverse mortgage is actually a type of mortgage in which a homeowner can borrow money against the value of his or her home, receiving funds in the form of a fixed monthly payment or a line of credit, and no repayment of this mortgage, though, is required for the rest of that borrower's life wow. or the life of their spouse. Um, and it moves away permanently you know, or until they move away permanently or they sell the home. And so the transaction structured so that the loan amount will not exceed the value of the home over the life of the loan. Oh, my goodness, Holly. Every sentence you just said completely blows my mind. That is awesome. <laughs> Folks, rewind that. Listen to what Holly said there again. I mean, why aren't we putting this on billboards? 
Why aren't we saying this on Super Bowl commercials? Imagine seniors living in large homes that are paid off with hundreds of thousands of dollars trapped in the walls of their house while they're in the kitchen of that house clipping coupons, deciding between prescriptions and groceries. Folks need to know that this is an option. So, all right, so, you know, what what, what are some options for the reverse mortgage? Yeah, there actually are a couple different reverse mortgage options out there. Um, You know, first one to mention would be just a single purpose reverse mortgage. Um, They're offered by some state and municipal government agencies and nonprofits. Um, Then there's the federally insured reverse mortgages, which are the ones that we mentioned, which are known as the HECMs or Home Equity Conversion Mortgages. Is what that stands for, H-E-C-M. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also another type of reverse mortgage called a proprietary reverse mortgage, which those are private loans backed by an issuing company. So it would be like a private reverse mortgage, whereas the HECM is through uh, you know, the government. It's a federally insured one. Um, but Mark, I mean, wouldn't you say that reverse mortgages are dangerous? I mean, they, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's literally examples of people who've been stung by these things. So you need to be careful when you get into this, which is why we recommend you talk to professionals and experts who will treat you uh, who are salaried employees. They're not looking to make a sale on this. They want to give you the very best mortgage option for your life and your retirement years. So first thing you want to do is find someone like Primary Residential Mortgage to go talk to. And you can certainly reach out to me and I'd be happy to connect you to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also want to certainly make sure that this is a federally insured uh, and backed by the FHA type mortgage. You know, that's where some of the more modernized forms of these have come into play. And they've really become more of a darling in the financial universe than they were 20 years ago when they were on the late night infomercials. So yeah, mm-hmm. they've really come a long way. You know, I'd say that, you know, it's still important to, to know your options before you get into something like this. Okay, so why in the world would I ever consider a reverse mortgage? All right. So as we're wrapping things up, I want to kind of briefly tell a quick story. I I recently worked with a pre-retiree client. So just a few years before he was going to retire, over age 62. Now, that's an important little fact, too. You have to be 62 years old to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, once that pre-retiree talked with me, we learned that he was planning to retire and he had a house worth about $425,000. And in and was in their last year of mortgage payments. Actually, he I think he had about a nine thousand dollar mortgage balance. So way to go, man! Uh, they decided they wanted some extra cash flow to supplement their retirement income, and we called our mortgage specialist over at Primary Residential and found out that they could get a uh, basically get paid by the bank to live in their own home, and the calculation came to about eight hundred and twenty seven dollars a month, and or a lump sum of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. And that's also eliminating the mortgage. Correct. So it's yeah. it's like a, a double hit in a good way. Yeah. Where not only is our cash flow increasing by the eight twenty five a month, but it, our expenses are being decreased right. by whatever the mortgage was. And that's a tax free income to them in retirement. Yeah, that eight twenty seven a month. Free? Yeah, tax free. We like that. We like so, that word. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, you know, what what we can basically do is use that eight hundred and twenty seven dollars a month to add to the financial plan that we built for him and gave to him. Uh, he'll be able to sell his house someday if he ever wants to move, you know, downsize, whatever, and then take his remaining equity with him, just like he would have done if he had sold the house uh, and, and without the mortgage or with the mortgage. You know, you walk with whatever equity is left there. Uh, so he gets, let's say the home value is at that point, he had $300,000 plus whatever his home appreciates to over the retirement years plus his hundreds of thousands he'll have in his bank on yourself policies at that point. 
So it just puts some more predictability into the portfolio and adds some income streams for somebody like him in retirement. It was a great fit for him. Mm-hmm. Not a great fit for everybody. Yeah. So you want to sit down and still sit down, do a financial consult with us. We'd be very pleased to do that. Just go to www.lakegrowth.com forward slash schedule, or just go to Not Your Average Financial Podcast and click on uh, request a meeting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that sounds like a pretty sweet deal though yeah. for, for this client you were working with. And I mean, I guess just one thing I do want to make clear to our listeners is, you know, in some of these examples we've shared, we're talking about some pretty sophisticated financial strategies. There's a lot of wisdom. There's a lot of value that can, um, in using your home equity strategically in ways to not only, you know, not having dead assets or dead liabilities sitting somewhere, mm-hmm. but um, to actually have your money working for you as hard as it can be. Um, and so with that, you know, I would just say we're not making a recommendation to anyone that any of these particular strategies are going to be a good fit for you. That's what those consultations are mm-hmm. for. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it makes sense to um, try and use a policy to pay your mortgage off faster. Maybe it makes sense to take equity out of your home. Um, maybe it makes sense to do a reverse. It's just all going to depend on your situation. And, um, you know, if you are considering any of these strategies, talk to us or at the very least, make sure you're getting in touch with uh, Tim Four because mm-hmm. he's he's the guy we're going to call anyways mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> to figure out um, what might be possible in your home equity situation. Oh, I mean, you know, again, you have to be 62 year old, 62 years old to do this. So it's just one more reason why Holly, with I just, the reverse, not with the, the other reverse. one. That's correct. Yeah, 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 with the reverse mortgage. So it's just one more reason why I just cannot wait for my 60, 62nd birthday. <laughs> so, all right. So thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.